Creative Studio Podcast, Episode 406, Editing Your Narrative Podcast. That has to be part of your thing, and then, you know, you, you do it like this, and then you break the mold. We have to find a way to put things in perspective to who that audience is going to be. We have to start editing and cutting, not from our perspective, not the things that we like, but the things that are going to be the most valuable to that listener. So that's the key. Somebody's gonna sift through this information. The last person I want it to be is my audience. Welcome back to the Creative Studio, where we conduct experiments with podcasting. In this fourth season, we are talking about narrative podcasting. This is episode six, and we'll be discussing the editing process. In the previous episodes, we discussed various things regarding planning, preparation, and recording for a narrative podcast. If you missed those, you'll definitely want to go back and listen to them. In this episode, we'll be hearing from Brian Orr, Corey Coates, Doc Kennedy, Dave Jackson, Eric K. Johnson, Rye Taylor, and Elsie Escobar. And so, definitely a great lineup today. And so, there's a lot that's involved in the editing process. As we discussed back in episode 402, editing shows up many times throughout the narrative workflow. Here's a quick review of that workflow or map that we talked about back in that episode. Idea, research enough to pitch the idea to group, research more, conduct pre-interviews, adjust the story concept, pick interview subjects, interview, transcribe, write the first draft of the script, edit, second draft, edit, third draft, full cuts, read to tape as group, group edits, fourth draft, tracking, rough mix, listen to the rough as a group, another group edit, rough sound design, listen as a group, edit, fix sound design, pass off your final master, final mix, send out, get notes, fix based on notes, review again, green light, and then publish. And so basically, that's 33 different things. Everything from number eight on down can be considered part of the editing process. Everything else that we discussed is one through seven. So a large part of what we're talking about is the editing process. And so, of course, that workflow, if you don't remember, was based on the presentation that Roman Mars shared during his keynote presentation at Podcast Movement 2015. And so there's at least five edits mentioned in the process. Some of them are individual and the other ones are group edits. So there's a couple ways that editing can be approached. Each one has its benefit and drawbacks, but I do think that each one is helpful if not needed in the workflow. One way to edit is in the written form and the other is in audio form. There may be other approaches and various combinations to these forms, but these are the two that I'm gonna focus on for this episode. When I first started the first couple episodes of this, I was doing everything. I wasn't doing any of the transcribing. I wasn't doing any of the written part other than maybe some scribbling, a few notes here or there, but I was doing everything just by listening to it and moving things around in the editor. But I'm gonna tell you what I think is better and that is starting with a transcript. And so you get a transcript of the tape that you recorded. And so I didn't do this for the first several episodes as I mentioned, 
And the main reason for that was because of the cost of either time or money. And I didn't really want to give up either one of those at first. And so after the first couple episodes, I figured I'll do it at least for one so that I could be able to at least try the process and be able to see the difference because we're all about experimenting, trying things and see what can work better for us. And after I did that one, I realized the immense benefit that it was to be able to have that written form to be able to take care of the uh, transcribing or take care of the editing and the transcribing really helped in that. And so here's kind of the process that I did involve in that. And so, cause I didn't just take all the complete raw audio and chunk it over to the transcriber. And so I'd already listened to all of the audio after the interviews and separated the clips based on the overall topic of the section. We kind of talked about this in a previous episode. And so, because I had already pre-planned about 10 different topics that I wanted to cover, they kind of changed, but it still ended up with 10. And so I divided up all the audio, cut it into the different clips, put it into the topic that it was most closely related. And so then I ended up with under each topic, anywhere between 10 minutes to 60 minutes of audio for each one. And so then I put the clips for one topic together onto one track and mix it down to a single MP3. So let's say that I was uh, covering the one about preparation. And so we covered preparation back in episode number four. And so let's say I was doing that episode. I took all the things that fell into the topic of the preparation and mixed all those clips down and then that's what I sent to the person on Fiverr and they were able to go ahead, make the transcription and give it back to me. And so there was one or two of the episodes where I trimmed my side of the conversation to make the file shorter because I was paying by the minute on the transcription. And so I already knew that I wasn't going to be using any of my side of the conversation in the end anyway. So I just kind of saw it as a waste because I didn't really need my side to be written down. I just needed to be able to see what the guests were saying and be able to cut up their things that way. When I got the transcript back, it took about five or six days with the person I was using on Fiverr. Um, I would read through it and then I would mark things out that I knew I wanted to cut out. And so this would include my side of the conversation if I didn't already take it out. Sometimes the guest would cover a couple topics together. And so even though it may have been under that main topic, they talked about some other things as well. And so I would take out those other things that didn't fit for that particular episode. And then also there was uh, sometimes that guests would get into stories that were related to the topic, but they weren't really necessary to be able to get the point across or they would tell multiple stories. Um, and I didn't want to include every single story, every possible way of being able to explain it. And so I cut some of those out as well. There's also several times that multiple guests would basically give the same answer or perspective. And so I would usually cut somebody's answer on that. And so the decision on who would get cut and who would stay was usually made depending on how clear the answer was that they gave, or it could have been even how much I was already using for that particular guest. And so as you probably noticed, there's sometimes when you hear one guest more than another guest of that particular episode. And so a decision may have been made because I was already using a lot of audio from this one guest. I would go ahead and use the one from the one that we didn't have much of, or maybe not anything else from. 
And so that way I can kind of bring a little bit more balance or a little bit more variation in the voices. And so I would look for short clips that I could use in a teaser or opener for the episode as well. And then I would highlight those different spots. And so I would usually end up then with a document that had a bunch of stuff crossed out. I would do a lot of this on my break at work. And so I would actually print out the transcript and mark it with a pen or highlighter. And then I would translate that to the document in Word. And then I would save it as a new file. And I do that so that I could be able to make changes, but I could still have the original work if I needed to go back and refer to it for whatever reason. And so here's just a quick side note though. If I was working on this with a team as opposed to doing all this by myself, I probably would have been using Google Docs instead of Word because that would have made it easier to be able to collaborate between each person on the team instead of passing a Word document back and forth, we could just use Google Docs. Now, you may be wondering, well, I thought you said we're gonna have all these great guests on here. Well, we haven't gotten to them yet, but we are going to very soon. And so we'll be getting to them after I finish this part on the writing, kind of give you the whole overview of this part. And then we're going to cut to some of the interviews. So anyway, I would take the edited document and then I would try to organize the remaining clips into a logical order. I would look through each guest's answer and then I would label it as a certain subtopic. Again, I would usually start with that printed paper that I started with and just kind of on the side in the margin next to uh, the paragraph of what they were saying, I would just write a word or maybe a phrase about what that was about so I could kind of organize it a little bit. So then I would create a form of an outline. And then in a couple cases, I actually numbered each clip so that I could rearrange them using just numbers later on when I was writing the narration. And so that would save me a little bit of time, a little bit of space on the part that I would have to record. And so then after I had the order of the clips, I would look at what I needed to do to create the narration between the clips. Sometimes the guest answer could stand alone without much introduction or transition, but then there was other times I needed to set it up a little bit more. And so in some cases I would summarize a two minute explanation that the guest gives in about 20 seconds to make it more concise and then I would let them finish with the pertinent details that they were sharing. And so we'll actually be talking more about transitions in a couple episodes, but it is part of the editing process, so I wanted to cover it here as well. Then I would be able to record the narration part. I would often find the places where it didn't sound right, so I would have to rephrase or re-record. So this is another editing step. And so, because that's another tip too, is that when you are recording a narrative podcast, when you're doing something in audio, the way you say things out loud is often different than you would write them. And so when you are writing for an audio narration, you need to try to learn to be able to write it in the way that you would speak or the way whoever is going to be doing this, the speaking, how they would speak. That way you can be able to make it as natural as possible. And so... I would have to do that. And so most of the time I would do that as I was recording, I would just stop and be able to make the edit and correct myself as I would do that. And so then I would take my narration clips and the guest clips and I would move them onto the audio editing part of the process. And I personally use Adobe Audition 
And before that, though, I used Audacity. I've been using Audition for about a year now. I used Audacity for about two and a half years. Now, when I was talking to Brian Orr, and he was talking to you about his process, which, by the way, Brian Orr, he's the host of the Podcast Movement Sessions podcast. And so he was doing a series there leading up to the recent podcast movement in 2016. And he was releasing a lot of the sessions from the previous year, 2015. And so he had a lot of insight into his own workflow. Some pretty cool tips, too, I have to say. Okay, so, you know, and, and this process has evolved. It's evolved as I've used different programs and as I've learned to be a better uh, narrative podcaster. So this doesn't necessarily apply to everybody, but this is what I found. So what I do is I record my audio and I take it and I drop it into Reaper is what I use now as my, as my DAW. Um, Reaper is non-destructive, which means that I can make cuts and then I can just bring them back to life later if I want. And so I drop my audio in there and I go through and I, and I log the tape using markers, which means that I'm not, I'm not transcribing everything, but I'm going through and I'm making markers at every significant point in the conversation. And as I'm doing that, I'm marking the markers either um, kind of a brown color, uh, green, or red. And depending on how I mark them, red is saying there's no way I'm going to use this part. Green is saying I'm definitely going to use this part. And the brown color is saying maybe. And I go through after that's done, and I just aggressively hack because it's it's completely non-destructive, so I can get it back later if I want to. Uh, but I cut it all down to the parts that I think are you know are important, and then I assemble the piece uh, with all of my narration and everything, and then I go through and do a final cut uh, set of edits where I go through and make it even tighter, and then I do my scoring, which is adding my music. <laughs> Zach Kennedy is the host of the Filmmakers Focus podcast. He is working on getting into the filmmaking industry even more than he is. And he continues to be able to share his perspective from that video creation perspective. And so he also makes a reference back to an old program that we could be able to learn from. I would recommend to anybody that's going to do a narrative, listen to Orson Welles' War of the Worlds. I mean, that... If that doesn't inspire you and really help you see where to take your story, then narrative's probably not for you. Uh, I'm going to be that bold and say that, you know, maybe you need to look at just doing something a little bit more traditional, you know, because he was able to tell a story that really, I mean, when you know the, the story of what happened, that, that episode played. And people were actually uh, listening to um, something else at the time, and it broke in partway through. And people thought the world was actually being invaded by aliens. So <laughs> if you're able to do something like that to convince people on that level that your story is that real, then you have a winner. I would just be taking notes on whatever the best takes are. Try to put them in that order, and uh, you're going to know which ones are going to work, which ones aren't. You know, and it's just a matter of taking the time to go through, find the right ones, uh, cut out the ones that don't work, and get rid of those. And uh, it's just going to be, you know, and I've said this over and over here, it's going to be a lot more work than the traditional podcast. But if you do it right, it could be something special. 
if you're not confident in your editing skills, you're going to need to hire somebody to do it right. If you can't hire somebody and if you can't do it right, then do an interview style or something like that. You know, those, those are a lot more simple to cut down and you can do that yourself. All right. So Doc mentions about maybe having to hire someone. If you are looking to hire someone, Corey Coates is the co-founder of Podfly Productions and he is an excellent editor. But I also wouldn't be opposed to talking with you myself about working with my company, Podcast Guy Media LLC, especially if you're interested in creating a narrative podcast. So those are definitely a couple great options for you to be able to help you with the editing process of your podcast. Once you have the outline of the story, kind of your storyboards, if you were creating a movie, now you can go back and shoot the scenes, shall we say, which means you can go sift through the interviews that you've recorded and find the parts of the interview that will tell the story rather than you telling the story. The more uh, actual audio from interviews that you can use in the story, the better because it brings the story to life. So if you're interviewing somebody and they tell the story of, of how they succeeded or failed or overcame something and you include that into the podcast, that's just part of the story that you don't have to tell as a narrator. And the, that changing of the voice, that really helps tell the story in a lively way because the, the, the additional voices add depth to the podcast. So the more voices that you include, the, the more depth it has. Now, that was Eric K. Johnson, who has some great resources available at podcasttalentcoach.com. But you may do a 60-minute interview with someone, and you may only use five minutes of that interview. Because their answers are incredibly long and you only need a short part to help tell your story. That's where cataloging each of the interviews and exactly what your guest tells you, uh, that's where that becomes so critical. So you know exactly where to find the pieces when you go to tell your story and you begin to piece it all together. Dave Jackson has been podcasting to, since 2005. And he's helped a lot of people with their podcasts in that time. Everything from getting started to growing their podcast even more. Over the years, he's seen a lot of things and he's developed some pet peeves in the meantime. Yeah, for me, it's it sounds weird. Did they answer the question? So if I asked them a question, did they answer it? Right, Josh, you could ask me, what's your favorite color? And I could say, it's uh, 357. Well, that's not a color. It's what time it is. So yes, I yes I answered your question, but I didn't answer your question. And so depending on the people, um, I've interviewed people who have been interviewed a lot in some cases, and they have, unfortunately, and it's very easy to do, they have like set answers that they've just they've said four thousand times because they've just been interviewed over and over and over. And so you ask them a question, and they just kind of fall into the pull my string and here's my answer. And I'll listen to it, and I'm like, okay, that's a good answer but it doesn't answer the question. And so um, I just did a thing. I, I do it every year where I ask my audience, what's your favorite uh, podcast and why? So that's it. What's your favorite podcast and why? And so many people go to answer that question and they explain, boy, this is so hard for me because I listen to so many podcasts and I, and they go through this whole thing about the struggle of coming to the answer and I appreciate that because I understand it's hard. And I appreciate the fact that they went through that struggle. But in the end, I need to know two things. What's your favorite podcast and why? And so um, I had to cut some of that out this this year because I had people that were 
you know, they really struggled to come up with an answer, which again, I deeply appreciated, but I'm the buffer between you and my audience. And my audience wants to hear what's your favorite podcast and why. So I had to cut some of that stuff out. And so that's, it's kind of tough because you appreciate somebody sharing their information. And it, it seems odd to go, yeah, this isn't going to make it to my audience's ear. But in the end, it's your audience that's going to really appreciate the fact that you're not making them sift through the information that's not relevant. And so that's the key. Somebody's going to sift through this information. The last person I want it to be is my audience. I'm going to take the brunt of that. That's, that's why I'm the host. And, and, uh, and usually, again, with the right guest, you don't have to do that. But I, that's the one thing I'm looking for is, did you answer my question? Because I'm amazed at how many times um, where, A, I'll ask a question and somebody go, that's a great question. Let me talk about this. And they'll just change the subject. Like, okay, that was a good question. I'm not going to answer it. Or, you know, it's just, it's odd. They just, the, the conversation goes in a completely different way. So that's what I look for. Did they answer the question? Because in theory, I've done some planning and I have a good idea of what questions to ask. So the reason I asked the question is, well, um, I wanted to hear the answer and you chose not to do that. Roy Taylor joins us again to share some thoughts about the difficulty that podcasters can have cutting things out, especially where there's something that's more personal involved. Well, it's tough when you're talking about personal stories, too. You know, if you're talking about an individual, let's get off the fable real quick and talk about a personal story of ours. It's very difficult when these are individuals in your life that you really care about. Your mother did something sacrificial or your dad is doing something amazing or your friend is changing the world. But you've got to realize if they're not the central focus of the story, they can't be. Uh, those details just can't be added all the time. And a lot of people think, oh, that just adds to the richness of the whole story. Not usually. What it adds to is a confusing side, uh, side trail that people will get lost down and they'll, uh, they'll lose the focus of what the whole point of the story is to begin with. What you have to do when you're talking about cutting the fat or eliminating parts of the story, you want to make sure that you do know who the hero is, okay? So Goldilocks in our example is the hero. And, well, depending on whose frame of perspective you've got, but let's just take Goldilocks for the example. So Goldilocks is, uh, is our uh, – is excuse me, Goldilocks is our hero. You, as the narrative, are the guide to the story. Now, you're not guiding her directly, but you're guiding the listener through this entire story and this entire narrative. So you've got to figure out what important pieces of the puzzle are there that are going to be applicable to our hero. In other words, we don't need to know all three bears' names. Why? It's not applicable. It doesn't make sense. It's not about the three bears. It's about our hero, Goldilocks. We don't need to know that the three bears went out to hunt for berries, decided to fish, and go on a vacation for a few hours just in, and, and then come back to the house. We don't need to know any of that. See, those are pieces of the story that are fat because they're not about our hero. What a lot of people do is they end up telling the story from several different perspectives, which if you do it right can be done. But when we're talking about a narrative, specifically a podcast narrative, you've got to have one central character because it's very difficult to tell the perspective of multiple people in an audible format, in my opinion. I think you really need to stick with one to two main characters and then to focus in on their story and then the three bears. 
they're just going to have to be nixed for the most part, except they're essential pieces of our hero story. Corey Coates also talks about the difficulty podcasters can have trying to edit their own show. I think the hardest thing to do for any editor is to edit, especially when it's their own show. You know, and that's the thing that we end up having to do as, as podcasters. We are the, the control room. We are the editor. We are the producer. We are the distributor. We are the marketing personality. We're all of these people all at the same time. And it makes it difficult for us to be objective when we're making some of these choices. Whereas it, were you to write a story and give it to an editor and then it's going to have to go through a publisher, there's going to be some natural trimming in a way that the writer might not ultimately like, but is super digestible probably to the reader. Similarly with audio and podcasting, we have to find a way to put things in perspective to who that audience is going to be. We have to start editing and cutting, not from our perspective, not the things that we like, but the things that are going to be the most valuable to that listener. So when I was going through the editing process, I always had to stop and step back and ask the question, I'm not a podcaster, and what of this do I get? What do I understand? What are they talking about that makes sense to me? What inside of this is just inside baseball that's all this you know, yammering on about uh, you know, industry jargon and buzzwords and podcasting that nobody understands? I, I referred a lot you know, to my mom or my girlfriend during the series because I want to be able to press play on that episode one of this podcast and have someone who has no idea about podcasting understand what the heck everyone's talking about. And then through time, through osmosis and through 10 episodes, have a real understanding of what this is to the best of you know, their abilities and at least to the extent that we think that we understand it, even knowing that we really don't. And I think that's the key is that when we're trimming fat, Ask yourself the question constantly because you know you understand the answer. You know you understand the value of each of these phrases and sentences, but would everyone? And if the answer is, yeah, most people wouldn't understand what that is, cut it. It's no good. You don't need it. One suggestion from Elsie Escobar is to reach out to your audience for some of their perspective. So there's, there's that kind of like that thing, and I feel that also being slightly removed from, from the possibly that that can even be a thing where you're really into it. You create your thing. Maybe you have your team that's doing your, your episode or your piece of audio or whatever. And then perhaps there is that, that piece that is the X factor where they're not part of your in crowd, where they're not part, maybe they're your audience. Maybe there is like a person who would really benefit from listening to this or, you know, somebody you want to reach and you have them listen to see if it worked. So a uh, mini focus group in a way. Yeah, like a mini, yeah, absolutely. Like even mini focus group, not to, not to deter you because obviously one person is not going to make or break what you're putting out there. And, you know, but, but there's always something to be learned, I think from that. And if they don't offer anything back other than that was really great, then whatever, <laughs> you know, yay. <laughs> so. In the discussion with Elsie, I realized a connection between editing and our brain. The right side of our brain is the hub for creativity, while the left side is the more logical side. When it comes to creating a podcast, we're using both sides of our brain. We're both creating and we're also having to logically put that in an order. But it's difficult to keep switching back and forth between those two parts of creating and editing. Because of this issue, 
I've heard many people recommend batching your work so you can focus solely on creating and then you can focus solely on editing. That way you're not switching back and forth. If you have a team, this process can be even more improved. You can have some people on the team that work on the creative aspect while others are focusing on the editing. That's part of uh, creating that team process and, and, and really having this become a, a collage, which is what I feel within the narrative part of it, right? Because there are, it's a multidimensional part and it's, it's that impact that really matters at the end. And some of us have like, like for me, I'm able to, when I listen to something, I understand and I can, I can dissect why it worked for me and why it didn't in terms of the emotional impact, in terms of the, of the, of me remembering whatever it is that you wanted me to remember when I can look back at it and see it as a whole and, and kind of pick out the bits and pieces of it. What I don't feel that I would probably be very good at is let's say if you gave me five minutes of content or 10 minutes of content and you told me I need to make that two minutes or a minute, I, I wouldn't even know where to begin. Like my brain would get so caught up in, but it's, but it's so great, you know, because it, I would, I would start to think about how amazing it could possibly be. Or I thought that it was an, a, an awesome five minutes of content. How do you, what do you mean you want me to cut it down to, to one? Um, and I, I would figure that I wouldn't even know where to start with that. And I assume for anybody who's trying to do this thing, we have to become much more adept in having a, of, the, of that skill set start to really tune up. Sort of, I, I assume it's the same way when you're editing a piece of copy where, you know, you think every word that you've written is just brilliant and then you get an editor and they chop it all up and then you go, oh, okay, well, well then, <laughs> I didn't really need that, you know? <laughs> Now, I've mentioned the book Out on the Wire by Jessica Abel several times throughout the series. It's a really great book to help many with these aspects of creating a narrative. In the section about editing, she speaks with several different companies that create narrative audio, such as This American Life. An edit was revealed to be a single session of basically tearing apart the script to make it better. It was brought out that sometimes a single edit could take several hours to a full day of work. And that would be with a team of people. And that would be just one of the several edits on a single piece. And so a very highly detailed and they would say it's a critical part of the work that they're doing to be able to make the story, to make that narrative the absolute best that it can be. And so did we mention that creative narrative takes a lot of work? Well, David Jackson, Back at the School of Podcasting, he actually talks about his experience of working on a project in his podcast, the School of Podcasting. This is something that he started since we recorded his interview, and he actually gave a shout out to me and to this podcast and the process of what he was working on there. So, Dave, thank you very much. And so, yes, I did do a little happy dance when I heard that. Anyway, he said that a 20-minute piece that he worked on for themessagersdoc.com, a great site, you want to check it out, took him four hours. So 20 minutes took four hours. That's a ratio of 12 minutes of work for one minute of audio. That is a very high ratio there. And so the average podcast 
if you were doing some some good work would take probably about four to one something like that so this is at least three times more work to be able to produce what you need to if you're doing it right and so no dave is not slow this just takes a lot of work and like i mentioned earlier the editing portion is a large part of this now Rod Taylor talked earlier about focusing on one central character and have this guide as a guide. Blah. Man. Well, earlier, Rod Taylor talked about focusing on one central character and to have this as a guide during the editing process. When you're reading the script or listening to the audio, ask yourself if it's vital to build the story around that central character. Now, the character could be a person, could be an animal could be a place, or it could even be a topic or idea like we have in this series. Now, whatever that central character is, try to keep the story centered on that. And then as we also mentioned, we want to make sure to keep your audience in mind. Where are they coming from? What is their experience or knowledge? What do they need to know? What do they need to feel? And how can you help them with that? Then one last thing to consider when editing and cutting your audio is to consider your overall purpose and goal. What is it that you're aiming for? What is the call to action that you want your listener to take? How will this move the podcast forward? Maybe the podcast itself is designed to move your business forward. Whatever it is, ask yourself if it contributes to the overarching goal as well. Now, in the next episode, we're going to talk more about how to entice your audience. This includes how to capture their attention at the beginning and to keep them listening. After that, we're going to look at another aspect of the editing process that we haven't really talked about, and that's making transitions between clips and narration. In other words, how to make the narrative flow better. And so I think this is a very important part, though, because it could really give the continuity of it and it can really help set the stage in telling that story. Now, up to this point, I haven't really assigned you anything so far in this series. Now, I've mentioned different resources to be able to help you. I've mentioned the website and the email list you can add for additional information and notices, but I haven't really given you an assignment for you to work on and to take action on. So here is your mission, should you choose to accept it. Go to creativestudio.academy and sign up for the email list. If you've already done this, great. Well, you'll be sent some resources that I've created. One thing you'll get is a guide on creating a website. This is something I put together in a previous season, and I want to keep it up there because some people may need help trying to set up their website using WordPress. Another resource that you'll get is the roadmap for narrative podcasting that I created earlier in this series. And then also, you'll get a sample of my editing process. That is something that is new as of this episode that I'm including in there. So I'm including copies of each stage of the written portion of the process. So you'll be able to see the transcripts with the parts crossed out. You'll see how I organize the remaining clips. You'll see the narration that I wrote out and as I put the script together. So this is gonna help give you an example that you can actually see as opposed to just listening to the process here. And so the next step in your homework is to email me joshua at podcastguide.co or you can just hit reply into the email with the resources when you sign up on the list 
Let me know what your plan is for creating a narrative podcast, or at least what ideas you have. I would love to talk with you about this. I'm also willing to have a Skype conversation with you to answer any questions that you may have and share a little bit more of my process, including sharing my screen to show you what I did in the audio part of the editing. So again, your mission is to go to creativestudio.academy and join the email list to get started. This message will, well, no, it won't self-destruct. I want to make sure this reaches more people as well. So with that, I'm going to go ahead and sign off for this week in this episode of The Creative Studio, and I look forward to hearing back from you, and we will talk to you next time. Creative Studio Podcast is brought to you by Podcast Guy Media, LLC. Through this business, I help people with several aspects of their podcasts. I recently helped one podcaster launch his very first podcast. I'm the podcast manager for another podcast as well, where I help oversee all aspects of the podcast production, from planning and scheduling guests to editing and publishing. What I do most of the time with clients, though, is the editing of their audio. If you need any help or any questions, please let me know at podcastguymedia.com. If you couldn't tell, I'm really getting into narrative podcasting, so I'm especially interested in helping you if you want to dive into this awesome world of narration. Again, the website is podcastguymedia.com.